This is the KTM Summer Grill. Andrew Van Leeuwen, Dan Herrero and Greg Russ with you for this edition. And we are delighted to be joined by a man who arguably in 2023 had one of the biggest learning curves in supercars, CEO of Dick Johnson Racing. David Noble, welcome. Thanks, Rusty. It, Great to be here. It, it probably uh, is a nice way of saying it. Man, there was a lot to take in in 2023 for you, wasn't there? Fair to say I'm still learning. As we as we go to here, so yeah, no, it was it was it was a great um, it's a great induction to come into a massive change to the category, and um, yeah, nothing like jumping in the deep end and um, learning how to swim pretty quickly. How much carried over from the AFL world to what is often a a unique game in in yeah. motor racing? Elite sport is elite sport. You know, mm. it's a, it's about performance at the end of the day. Um, it's all about the W's. Um, you know, we probably didn't have a great year on the track. But, you know, to learn, to continue to, to overcome obstacles along the way was, was a real challenge. I think our group showed a lot of resilience and a lot of persistence to, to keep fighting all the way through to the end. I mean, Rusty touched on what a steep learning curve it was. And it wasn't just for yourself, but you've got, you know, Brett Ralph as the yep. majority owner. He's been learning this on the fly as well. How's that journey been, sort of sharing that with Brett, trying to get a handle on this sport at a time that was so politically charged and all that sort of stuff as well? Yeah, look, it's it was a real challenge. Um, you know, I think Brett's been involved in a number of you know sports as a sort of well publicised. So to sort of step into the motorsport world was completely different. Um, you know, it was a new set of challenges. I, I think for both of us, you know, we we would quite often chuckle about our backgrounds, and you know, now all of a sudden we're sort of in charge of you know guiding a an, an iconic brand, you know, in the motorsport world. So uh, look, we we've enjoyed it. Um, we've you know. I guess just really flourished on every opportunity and challenge that's been presented in front of us. Um, you know, Brett's a, a straight shooter, uh, and to be able to have the backing of you know someone like you know Doc Ryan Story to be able to help us in that technical part, um, and to not only that but to work with Dick, you know, on a day-to-day basis. He's still in. Um, he still works the floor. You know, he still checks in on everyone. So you know, I think the overall synergy's been great. What's, is there something that surprised you about motor racing in this sort of, in the short time you've been involved? It, it perhaps what the drivers are like as athletes compared to footy players and that sort of stuff? I, yeah, I do think that our sport doesn't see itself as necessarily elite sport. You know, I, I think, and it is in that entertainment, you know, network. Um, it does compete a lot of other entertainment uh, issues or industries across the, the country. Um but yeah, the, the drivers are elite. They recover, you know, their food requirements are pretty important, their dietary, um, the decisions that they make, you know, under pressure in a car in a split second is unbelievable. And I think I think the detail for me is at a, a whole new level to AFL. You know, the, yeah. the marginal gains that engineers, mechanics, drivers are looking for lap after lap after lap um, is intense. Really intense. Which game's more politically charged and which is therefore more draining? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd say supercars. Okay. Yeah, I think it's... Um, look, and I've, it's an interesting question, Rusty, because I've thought about it a lot. The, the key difference, I think, I've moved from a not-for-profit into a privately-owned gotcha. sector. Mm-hmm. And I think that brings with it a lot of other intricacies, budgets, profit, winning. Mm. Um you know, there, there's more probably moving parts and there's more stakeholders, I think, in supercars, from the OEMs to, to supercars themselves to privately owned teams, mm. um, all our sponsors across the network um, that are heavily invested in, in our sport. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, 
it's a big sport. It's a really big sport. Probably something we haven't talked about so far, and I know the boys will want to get into this as well, that, that in your role with Dick Johnson Racing, it, it wasn't just the team, Anton and Will and, and 2023. It was Gen 3 cars, what Dick Johnson Racing were doing with yep. together with Ford, with the introduction of that car. I mean, we can't... Um, you know, it, it was a massive undertaking for you guys, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, huge to, as I said, change the categories, the homologation team, and then, for good measure, we threw in a wild card, um, you know, as well, our first time ever. And yeah. our, our, our staff did an amazing job to get it to that level that we did. So, yeah, there, there were a lot of moving parts this year, um, let alone changing the car, as you said, homologation team, extra testing, um, you know, the parity triggers that came, you know, mm. our responsibility, I think, in, in the category to go and investigate and research and put something that, you know, hopefully would get the four teams back up into a competitive range. Um, yeah, there, there was a lot of work behind the scenes that went into it. You talk about that work. You guys did slip from second to fifth in the team's championship this yep. year. Was it simply, were you just overstretched having to be the homologation team at a time of such... Upheaval in supercars? I think that's too easy, Daniel. I, I, I think there's something in it, but I think it's too easy to just say, look, we, you know, we sort of put all the, the blame, if you like, into that area. I, I think the understanding that, yeah, there's extra work, you take that on as a responsibility, the, the mitigation team, we probably just didn't execute as well as we needed to, you know, in a, in a lot of regards. I think you have a look at the back end of the year, we were... We were moving in the right direction and then, you know, for the last couple of rounds there were a couple of other four teams that actually did it better. Um, and that's our challenge is to, to review where we are, um, how do we improve, what we've learnt. I think from the year is going to be really important as to how we then make some changes to move forward in, in what that actually looks like. So, look, I, I think it's processes, systems and people. I think they're the three things for me from an administration that you, you assess. Um, yeah, and we, we've started that process. You, you oh, sorry, sorry. You, um, Benny Croak, obviously the team principal at DJR, yep. mentioned that pre-season for twenty twenty three was actually quite trouble from a technical perspective. Some gremlins yep. with uh, the cars that seemed to really set you back until you got the mid-season test day. How important is this soft season going to be, particularly because the cars are going to a wind tunnel? You may have to learn. A package again. Yeah, no doubt. I think they'll come back in different shape than they've gone. Um, that's, I think that's nearly a given. Yeah, so the, the, the pre-season, if you like, is, becomes really important. The understanding of what we've learnt in order to put into our testing going forward and to have some, some cleaner days earlier in the, in the pre-season, I think become crucially important for, for the direction that you want to set and the tone, I think, of the year that you want to set for the rest of the year. I know you didn't want to use the homologation team thing as an excuse for the fact that it wasn't yeah. the best year in DJR's history, but are you looking forward to once the wind tunnel stuff is done, hopefully we've put all the other stuff to bed, to yeah. being able to just focus on car performance next season? Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I think for the whole category, it's great. Yeah. Like, to be able to get over there and, and find out what is actually going on, I, th I think it's fantastic that supercars have been able to, to get it, regardless of whether or not we think it... Should have happened early or not mm. is, is irrelevant now. To commit to that step. It's yeah, committed yeah. and mm. it's great and hats off to them for actually, you know, first time ever for us as a category that we've gone there to really find out what's going on about it. Um, look, you would like to think that it becomes a little bit more stable and consistent next year. Yeah. That, that would be great that everybody doesn't have the angst of, 
you know, the parody discussion and mm. we can just go racing. Yep. You know, that would be great. And I think our fans would love that as well, to be able to get back to that point of turning up to any round yep. with any team having an, an opportunity to win, I think would be great. But even just for yourselves, you know, when you go testing yeah. mid-season, yes. you can actually just go testing instead yeah. of having to bolt three different widths of rear wing on the car. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's probably true to have, um, you know, your 3D printer going over flat out for 48 hours <laughs> to, to get some bits to take to a, an extra hour that you want to carve off. I know we did that with the wild card. Um, you know, we had to carve out a bit of time for yeah. some extra bits. But look, you, you do what you do, mm. right? As a homologation team, that's what we do. Um, and, you know, in order to sort of make our side of the category better, that's what you do. I'm glad you brought up the wild card there. Can we talk Kai Allen for yeah. a, a moment? Um, you know, it's great to see the Ryan Woods, the Kai Allens of the world, you know, hugely impressive guys in Super 2 getting that opportunity. Yeah. Um, report card on him for the for the 23 year and, and just the decision, I guess, to invest in the future. Yeah, really. massive tick. Like, mm. oh, I think he's, he's ticked all the boxes, I think you know, internally for, for us that we were looking at. Um, before I got there, Rusty, Benny Croak had had him in a in evaluation day, so Benny was really impressed with him. Uh, we spoke to him at detail at the beginning of this year. Um, I guess it was like a full interview, more so than anything yeah. around yeah. him as an individual, a bit more of his background, what his aims and aspirations were. Um, and I, I think what we looked at overall was that we needed some succession planning internally for our organisation. And that doesn't, didn't just include talent in the car. I mean, that also allowed Ed Williams to come off as the data engineer from 17 to Excellent. race engineer. Um, so, yeah, we, we were able to put some of our younger staff into that car as well. But look, for us, it was about Kai getting experience, getting his backside in the seat, getting around the mountain safely. Um, he showed some reasonable speed in the times that he was there. Uh, I think he had a great partner in Simona. She did a fantastic job. They bought the car back clean. Mm. Um, you know, it was a great experience, and I, I think he's yeah he, he's a rising talent. There's no doubt about that. I know you know DJR doesn't like to talk about <laughs> contracts, but is yeah. there an agreement with Kai going forward? Is he part of your future plans? Yeah, we, we were in that discussion at the moment about what that looks like for him, um, what that looks like for us going forward. I, yeah, it'd be silly for us to not have invested in in him and us um, in that wild card without having some aspiration of where that's going to look like going forward. Um, what it looks like in, in the next 12 months to two, three, four years, we're probably still in those early points of discussion, but we'd like to think that there's some, you know, some connection and some connectivity that we can work with Kai over the, the coming future for sure. Is that where you start to see some parallels with what you've done in the football world when you actually see a young driver? Because obviously Anton and Will already yeah. established part of the team, but being able to actually develop young talent, yeah. is that, do you see some parallels to what you've done in the past there? Definitely. Um, I think when we, after we sort of made the decision about, yes, we want to do a wild card, I sort of explained to the staff how it sort of operated, I guess, at AFL and the investment that you actually make in talent when you draft them coming through. So you've got a range of list managers, recruiters, um, you know, salaries that come in when you bring young guys through. And you're probably investing the best part between one to two million dollars, you know, in in those young guys coming through. And it yeah. generally takes you probably two to three years now to see whether or not you've got some some growth and you've got the right ones and they learn enough. And the development coaches that they then put them into. So then when we decided, we sort of said, well, look, if we invested, let's just say between five hundred and seven hundred thousand dollars in a wildcard entry, with staff. Um, partners exposure, 
driver talent, that's the same. Mm. It's yeah. for, for us as an internal, once we looked at that and said, well, this is how we need to do development and grow development. If we don't do it ourselves, well, you go the other path and you just you just handpick as you get a, a mm. better talent, you just start to bring it in. Mm. Um, but we decided that we wanted to have a go at, at trying to grow some of our own ter- talent at a younger level internally. Hypothetically, if you can rubber stamp that and keep him as a part of the fold and so yeah. on, go, that clearly that's the intent in a succession plan. What things would you be looking for from him in, in 2024? What would you be wanting him to, to do? I think it, improvement. Mm-hmm. Like you want to continue to see him grow. You want to see, um, like we'd like to see him win the Super 2 Championship again, mm-hmm. you know, at a, at a greater level. You know, try to get back to that stage where he's just he's the dominant driver in that category. Um, they're the things that I think you see. Um, for me, talent goes through in four stages. It comes through developing, emerging, established and consolidated. Mm-hmm. So he's very much in that early phase of development. Um, and with development, you have those peaks and troughs. They bounce up and they sort of fall over. And it's I think it's about what they learn, Frost, uh, Rusty, going forward in order to continue to, to be challenged to move forward. Mm-hmm. That's... That's the key thing, I reckon, is to, for him to continue to find that edge of how far he can push it, both at supercars level and Super 2. How have you sort of found, personally, like, you know, obviously you come from footy, you're yep. not, you, I think you had an interest in motorsport, but yeah. it's not like you've grown up thinking about race cars your whole life. Have you found that you've sort of developed a bit of a general like and passion for the sport yeah, this I, year? Yeah, I, I think your passion just grows. I mean, being able to... To get to the track and be in the in the garage a couple of times, you think, "Crikey, it's actually like I'm here." Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. happening around you, and it's yeah. Uh, yeah, it's. I remember growing up in Tassie as a kid, watching you know the Hardy Frodo, yeah, you know, all the way back, um, watching DJ and Moffat and Brock and all those Bondi and all those guys coming through, um, to then the transition to the next lot. So, to now sort of, I don't know, pinch myself every now and then as a mm-hmm. second passion yeah. um, to be able to be in it and actually be part of it is um it's been a bit surreal at times i must admit you've still got a link to afl through your son john who plays for collingwood how is it sort of combining two streams of professional sport at the same time and then having that (laughs) professional involvement and the personal involvement what's that what's that like it's been good i've lost one stressor and created another (laughs) (laughs) so um it's been great to be able to just as a parent just to go to the footy and just watch him and not have to i guess watch the game at a different point you know what strategy are they running what's the midfield doing what are the stoppage structures so yeah to to enjoy that side of as parents for sarah and i and our other um children to see you know john's growth has been it's been pretty inspiring he's done a great job when you look back on 2023 as a whole, right, there's been stresses and strains around the new car, parity and, and, and so on, fans wanting things to hopefully get, get over the line in time for Bathurst and, yeah. and, and the like. When you look back on it broadly, dealing with supercars, trying to get things over the line, how do you, how do you feel about the year that was coping with that? What I've loved, I've loved the passion that comes out in our sport, the... Mm. the absolute rusted on fans that we have um we you know we we rang a lot of them throughout the year they turn up you know each and every round they're cheering on regardless of where we are you know our the passion of our partners and our sponsors that have been so iconic invested in us for a long period of time um the passion of supercars to change categories like i've really loved and that passion has really grown for me this year um in what 
and understanding what this sport is about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I'm looking forward to is, is continuing to ignite and learn from what our experiences have been this year to re-engage that passion of our fans and our partners next year to go racing and, and yeah, get on that podium. There's uh, still another big change coming for DJ next year. You're taking over the Ford engine supplier yep. from Herod. Can you tell us, firstly, why that's come about and, and how is that going to work? I think there was an opportunity that, that presented, um, you know, Ryan's story had uh, with Steve Amos had, had bought the shop and then um, obviously Rob had, had bought it. So there was an opportunity that I think presented for us as a group to, to look at the engine shop as, a, as an ongoing component of, you know, the homologation team. We feel like we've got the expertise to be able to continue to deliver, you know, Ford engines to the category. Um, yeah, and look, when that opportunity came, we, we decided to explore it. Um, and now we've invested in, in purchasing the shop. We've probably got a little bit of work to do, I think, in resourcing where that, that looks. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of head count there, and we feel like we probably need to invest in a little bit more resources in, in that regard. I mean, Rob did a terrific job to, to this point. You know, the way the, the four teams finished at the end of the year, um, you know, the engines were pretty reliable. Um, we probably had some some help from a bit more downforce at the end, but um, yeah, it's it's an exciting opportunity that we've decided to take on board. We need to make sure that it stays independent. There's, there's no doubt that we need to put a we feel like we need to put an engine manager, um, shop manager in place to, to keep that independent, so that the teams understand that it's there's no advantage for us in that, but it's about the the growth of that Ford engine for the category. So I guess because that was one of the concerns that was yeah. raised among other Ford teams that. DJR will have access to their engine data as yep. the builder. You're saying that's going to be quarantined from DJR, the race team? Always has been. Uh, the, the data is is independently held with supercars. Craig has all of that. And Adrian, um, to this point, has, has had all of that information. Um, the, the engine shop under Herod's has not had that that availability of data and that, that will maintain. So we'll, we'll have contracts with teams and that understanding will be clear and an agreement with supercars that that is the way that it, it needs to have happen. Same as the, the pool, the engine pool. Um, all the engines are tested. Um, they're then gone, sent to Craig, Haystead, who tests them, they get sealed, um, and then the pool's allocated from there. So that, that will remain um, at arm's distance for sure. You mentioned Adrian. There's a new. Well, he's the general manager for motorsport now. Tim yep. Edwards. You, I'm guessing, have worked closely with him in your parity yep. struggle yes. ad- advocating this year. Uh, he's. He said he's gone from Tickford. He's now at Supercars. What are you? What are you expecting? What do you think of, of that appointment? I think it's great. Um, I, again, I can only sort of talk back to my experiences when you have people from sort of team land that go into head office. I think it, it can only help the understanding at head office into the intricacies that go on at, at team land. I think Tim will bring another, a whole new lens over the, you know, the, the discussions that I think he's been privy to through this year. Um, I've got no doubt that he'll be independent um, you know, in his assessment of where decisions have to be made. And I think it's a great appointment. Guy with great experience that's not lost to the to the sport is fantastic. Um, yeah, we, we had some really open and honest discussions through the year. Um, he's, he's a straight shooter, Tim. He's a good thinker around the sport. I think it'll only you know excel our, our excel our growth. I think of of the sport going forward. 
found it to be a little bit weird letting a bloke who was formerly a rival into the garage, though, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, well, we always used to talk at the back. Did it's you? like, you know, we have to keep your distance. <laughs> <laughs> You've been terrific in this, this conversation, really, um, really candid, which is which we thank you for. Looking ahead to, to 2024, you're a, you're a goal-orientated person. Yep. What, what is the target here for you? What will be the thing that you want at the end of 24 as, as being we must achieve that? Well, team championship, you know, driver championship, they're the, they're the two, you know, aspirations to get ourselves back into. And look, you give yourself that best chance by being regularly around the mark on a consistent basis. Mm. You know, it's, it's the stability, it's the consistency of being able to deliver performance on a regular basis, you know, race in, race out, you know. Um, that will be our, char- our challenge and our task will be to understand where things could have improved this year go to work on that and deliver better excellence internally to make sure that our fans turn up with an understanding and an expectation that we can win races. Cool. Can we finish then with, it's, it's as we record here, it's, it's hard to know what the outcome of the testing in America yep. w- will be. From what you're seeing, are, are you confident this will give us a scenario going into 2024 where we will have a, a better, perhaps more level playing field for, for fans regularly at every round? Yeah, that's look, that's definitely the plan. Um, you know, I haven't been privy to too much of the technical aspects but we the, the team that that have gone from both sides both the molligation teams uh the aerodynamic group aerodynamicists group that have now been implemented that are running it um the group that's involved at Windshear. um yeah look i'm i'm extremely confident that this is a really good opportunity to get parity at a brand new level Awesome. I know the fans will have enjoyed this conversation. All the very best for 2024. Thank you very much for coming into the studio today. That is a great edition of the KTM Summer Grill. We hope you've enjoyed it. Make sure you check back in on the website, speedcafe.com, tomorrow morning to see who our next guest in the studio is. You could be a winner each episode of the Summer Grill. KTM are giving you the chance to win a bar stool, a mug, and this race-inspired clock as well. So there's more good reasons to tune in and hear from some of the stars of world motorsport here as a part of the KTM Summer Grill. All you've got to do is click on the link below, fill in your details, and you could be in the running to win.